Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 156. I'm Kip Clark, and joining me in the studio today, we have another guest, Michael Duffy. Hi, I'm Michael Duffy. And you and I are going to be discussing how we quantify friendship and what role that phenomenon plays in our lives. So as a beginning, I would really love to know when I approached you with this prompt or if someone mentioned to you this idea of quantifying friendship, where your mind goes, what sort of ideas, maybe anecdotes come to mind for you. When you first asked me about the quantification of friendship, I thought it was kind of an odd subject, just because when one quantifies something, especially something as friendship, it's hard to do that. For some reason, it had a negative connotation. But as I started thinking of it more, I thought of it as an interesting thought experiment, how we do approach friendship as a whole, and what is a friend and what is friendship on the mass scale. And I appreciate your honesty. It's definitely not something we discuss or think about a lot. I think there are a number of approaches, but I'd like to begin by saying that on an interpersonal level with, let's say, one friend, I think we do often quantify that friendship in terms of how much time we have spent with them. And in the past few months, as I've graduated college and moved into the quote-unquote real world, I've thought a lot about the people who have stayed in touch with me, and in some of those relationships, I feel our bond is stronger, not necessarily because of what we've discussed or where we've gone, or how we've interacted with one another, but often because of how much time we have spent with one another. And I absolutely recognize that with more time, you have more opportunities for emotional and profound moments with people. But I think that as a result, many people, myself included, tend to presume that more time will necessitate more emotional connection. And there are various people, yourself included in my life, that I haven't necessarily known for as long, but I've had wonderful conversations or very genuine interactions. And so I consider those people friends, if not close friends, regardless of quantitatively how much time we've spent together. And I would really love to know what your reaction is to that. Well, with that question, it reminds me of my sister and her coming out of college and coming back to live with the family for a year. And she went through her own struggle of being overwhelmed by family time, by going out to college, feeling freedom, and then coming back and almost feeling sequestered in family life. And then she was talking to me one day about how it's not the quantity of time, but rather the quality of time in which you spend. And I think times when both people, because I think friendship as a whole is a two-way street that needs to have a lot of give and take, or it's just, it's an unhealthy friendship. And I think the quality of time that both people put into the friendship creates more special experiences with each other. I think it's quality over quantity. And time is so limited. If we always use that as a measure of friendship, it often falls by the wayside. And I do agree with you that quality is more important than quantity. But I would also ask, do you think that the majority of people, even in your limited experience and observation of the world, behave under those principles that quality is more important than quantity? Oh, absolutely not. I think everyone wants to feel gratified with friendship and they want to feel that friend is putting in as much effort as they are. So I think if they feel their friend isn't putting as much time into the friendship, they feel, I think, sometimes cheated or less cared for. And I think that's a real worry about a lot of people. And I think that's a lot of insecurities, but also just real life feelings that they feel their friends don't value each other on the same level. But for me, at least, like I have a lot of friends, but 
I'm a college student who is extremely busy. And when I am with people, I try to be as present as possible rather than constantly being around them. Because I, for one, am I'm social, but I need my alone time or I can't function. And I need to choose when I am with people rather than be with people constantly. And I'm glad you mentioned being with people constantly because in this conversation of quantifying friendship, I feel that modern technology and certain modern cultural beliefs are absolutely essential to examine. As an example, I think that people with smartphones often feel the need, perhaps the impulse, to constantly be in touch with people, and often people I think they would call their friends, to be sitting at lunch with one but texting several others. Not only that, but the abundance of group text messages, and even on Facebook or on other platforms, communicating with several people at once, trying to spread your message with others, and I think communicate with as many people as you can. And a friend of mine once said that she believed this phenomenon, however you might articulate it, has arisen because people are worried about appearing high maintenance. And I've often worried if I'm spending too much time with someone, perhaps I am boring them, perhaps I am taking up too much of their time, which is of course a precious resource. And so as a result, I've felt myself withdrawing prematurely in certain friendships or social scenarios, because at least in those moments I have felt that it is harder to engage in or pursue quality friendships. And I don't think I'm the only one who feels that way. I think it's hard to bridge that gap because neither side wants to waste their time on a friendship that may not pan out. So I think many of us take a very shotgun approach and try to meet as many people as we can with the hopes that some of those will develop into friendship. Do you have similar experience or have you observed those principles at play? I think there's a delusion that occurs with technology. My ethics professor said you can't be great friends with many people because the idea of time and you can't spend time with people. I feel you can be good friends with many people, but you have to understand how to go about that. I do believe that with technology, it takes away your attention from the people that you're with and the actual event taking place in your life in front of you, which is a struggle especially when you're trying to spend time with people. But I feel with technologies, there's just this fear of being alone. I don't think a lot of people in our generation know how to be alone. And when they are alone, they feel like something's wrong with that. Technology is a way for us to connect constantly while not providing us time to recharge our batteries and to process what we go through. People are afraid to ask for help. People want to take on all the weights of the world by themselves. And I don't think a lot of people understand how to ask for help and appearing vulnerable. Because of technology, it doesn't put ourselves in the situation to have the opportunity to ask for help and to pursue greater friendships because it remains on that surface level. It doesn't allow you to go deeper because with texts and with Facebook, you have very surface level dialogue. You're not having one-on-one -on -one attention. With group messages, it's only what you're doing and what's happening, not how you feel about what's happening. There are four to five people that are going to analyze what is happening outside the room, and you lose that face-to-face -face contact, that interaction face-to-face -face has. Being in the same room with someone is an extremely important facet of friendship because that's how our society developed. We developed in the same room. We developed side by side. And without that close contact, 
we lose a degree of intimacy that technology has yet to understand how to replicate. I agree with you. I'd also be very curious to know, at least looking at Facebook specifically, where many of us who are on Facebook, even members of older generations, have literal hundreds of friends. And there are theories out there from sociologists and psychologists exploring how many close friends they have concluded that an individual could have. And there is a certain carrying capacity that has been observed. But Facebook and other sites like it do not necessarily reflect that. And so looking at Facebook specifically, how do you think the term friend has been redefined, perhaps in a quantitative way, because of what the site permits and encourages in its users? In terms of the Facebook friend, I think friend and acquaintance have become synonymous. I'm very friendly to many people, but I don't believe those people I'm friendly with are friends. And I think with Facebook, you do have that acquaintance connection. You don't have friends. I do think Facebook is trying to replicate that caring capacity with their algorithms and like their features of the close friend or the best friend and how the page replicates it, which I find interesting. But the term friend is such a freely said and a freely spoken word. It doesn't have the same gravity as the actual definition. Friend is like the word love. You say love for anything. You say, I love ice cream. I love pizza. I love this movie but you don't understand the weight of that word. The thousands of people that have said love before you to express deep emotional connection. And I think friend is that same way. You might say that one person is your friend, but I think we've lost the true meaning of friend. A friend is someone that is available for you in the times that you need it, in times when your family isn't available or if you don't have a family that you'd turn to. A friend is a family outside of a family. And I think we've lost that through technology and we've lost that as our society has progressed as people. I think as a whole, we're scared to be vulnerable and scared to ask for help. Which I think is a fair point and we will definitely come back to it. I would also like to discuss the idea of friends as commodities. And I don't think that we would openly say that, but in the backs of our minds, I think a lot of us have the tendency to think about the things we enjoy in life in commodified ways and how we might, in a utilitarian sense, enjoy the most of those resources while expending the least amount of energy on our ends. And so I wonder if the phenomenon of quantifying friends is a result of that mentality of friends as resources. And to make a metaphorical link to starvation, friends are able to help you stave off social starvation or loneliness. And so why wouldn't you want as many friends as possible? And I think that people become self-conscious and embarrassed if they're seen talking with only one friend or if their party, for example, is not well attended, which has always saddened me. And it's not to say that I'm immune from those feelings. But I do truly notice after interacting with various people on surface levels that it's not as fulfilling as having deep conversations with a true friend who knows me and cares about me and is not only paying attention but is interested in what I have to say. Do you think that on some level we treat friends, whether we are quantifying them or not, as resources? Absolutely. I've seen the abuse of friendship. I've seen those with many friends have a power over the friends without many. I feel some people have a gravitational pull around them. And the people that are pulled to them, people with less friends or less agency, have some source of vulnerability that makes them susceptible to manipulation or abuse. 
not saying that all popular people abuse friendship, but those people do exist. I think it is a perpetuation of this state of friendship as a commodity and not as people. When we start to quantify friendship, people lose their essence as individuals and we start to compare ourselves to others. And in that comparison, they lose their confidence and they lose their reasoning for having friends and they lose the ability to think for themselves sometimes. It's extremely sad. With that example of a party being attended by few people, we have this idea that we're supposed to meet a certain standard and what a friendship or event should look like by the social standards set by popular belief or by the media. But in that, we lose our reasoning and what demands our action to seek out friends. Yes, it is to take away loneliness from our lives, but beyond that, the human race is a social creature and it needs friendship, but it doesn't need a herd. We need a family. And I think that's what friendships give us. It gives us a family when we don't have one. It gives us support. It gives us love and it gives us happiness. How many friends do you have? That's a really good question and startlingly blunt, of course. Depending on how you define it, and in my mind, I, of course, have my own definition, I would say 10 to 15. And Facebook does not necessarily reflect that, nor do other social media, nor does my contact list on my phone. And in my mind, one of the few criteria is, as you had mentioned before, reciprocity and how much these friends give back, whether it's in relation to what I give them, or just the fact that as much as I reach out to them, they reach out to me. As often as I'm interested in their lives, they are also interested in mine. Which, to clarify, is not to say that I don't feel somewhat respected by the others that I know, the hundreds of others on Facebook, etc., who are still friends in some sense of the word, but I would limit that number. And I think that most people might also be thinking in similar terms and don't say, what are the qualities of friendship that I see around me? And if I look at any one of my quote-unquote friends, what is the depth of that bond? What role does it play in my life? And also, are we sharing something mutually? Or is one of us doing far more for the other than there is in return? And it's an interesting question that I'll admit makes me uncomfortable at first because it's not something that is often asked of us, but I do appreciate that you say it because while that question may rarely be heard in conversation, I have often been told or have overheard insults related to friends and people will say, well, they have no friends or someone being told you're not going to have very many friends or you're going to lose your friends. And it's always, at least in my mind, in a quantitative sense. It's not that you are going to lose your best friend or that the quality of your friendships will decline because of your actions or your personality, but people appear to threaten or allude to a loss of that resource of friendship in a quantitative sense. And I think that that's very troubling because when we make that information into a threat, people begin to associate its opposite, i.e. having many friends, as a form of safety and security. And so it's not surprising to me that this is a mutually reinforced system where people are scared to lose friends and so therefore continue to try and acquire or maintain a high number of friendships out of concern or fear of loneliness which I don't say to be judgmental because I believe many of us would fear and do fear the idea that we could or might lose all or many of our friends. It's an uncomfortable feeling. Anytime you strike up a new friendship, like in anything in life, you're putting yourself at risk. My senior year in high school, 
me and my first best friend had a falling out. And in many ways, it was my first breakup in a way. It just hurt my heart in a lot of ways. It took me a lot of time to be able to trust someone in a deep way because I think with your best friend, you open yourself up in a way that even your mother and father or your sister and brother don't know all the time. When you go through the process of losing a person that meant so much to you, it kills a part of you. It makes life lose color sometimes. But on that note, I would never stop searching for friends and searching for meaningful relationships because those relationships bring out color. They make things sweeter and they make life brighter. Despite the risk of hurting yourself or hurting others, friendship and relationships are extremely essential for life and a happy life. I agree. And as I hear you discuss those ideas, I am brought to the conclusion that if you do in fact have many friendships, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And there's a lot you can do there, not only to give back to those friends, but if you know a number of people, begin to connect them with one another because you might know friends who will never meet without your assistance that would get along tremendously well. And you will form not only a network, but an increasingly strong web of people that have developed more and more friendship in a qualitative sense because of your role as a friend of theirs. And although Michael and I have been critical at points of the idea of quantifying friendship, I think it's important at least to question how and why we approach certain social relationships and in what ways we measure them. So before we close this episode, what would you like the audience to think about after listening to this discussion? Ask why this person matters to you. Ask if this friendship between one person or another is healthy and ask if it means as much to you as it means to them. A friendship should never be an obligation. It should bring out the best in people. It should be used as a support and it should constantly add new experiences and vibrant colors to the way you look at life. I completely agree, and I would encourage the audience, as we've said before, to think critically about this idea, but especially from older listeners, people who have far more experience than Michael or I, we would love to know what you've observed, especially as generations have grown older and new technologies and cultural ideas have evolved. If some of what we've said sounds familiar to you, or if you are in complete disagreement, either way, we would really like to know. And I would say as a final note, although I don't think it's necessarily easy to resist a system of quantification, I think it is necessary and rewarding. And although that vulnerability and that risk of trying to deepen certain, maybe few, friendships can be scary and nerve-wracking, I think whether those friendships blossom or not, you learn a lot about yourself, and that will ultimately lead you to greater fulfillment in future friendships and even in your life as it exists with relative independence. And Michael, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on. It was great to discuss this, and I appreciate the insight that you've shared. I'm happy I had the opportunity to have this conversation with you. But of course, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. So if you have thoughts, opinions, or input of any kind, please reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. You can connect with us via Twitter or Facebook, where if you like our page, you'll receive weekly updates when we post new episodes. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to as well as reviewing the show and sharing it with a friend you think might enjoy it or get something out of it. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.